Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. So we're back, and uh, I'm going to introduce you in a couple seconds here to, uh, I'm going to call him Handsome Hal Summers. You That's got, a great gonna, name. Yeah, you'll love this guy. Gosh, love this guy. yeah. He, and anyway, but I'll tell you a little bit about him in a second. Um, but before we go, you you had an interesting weekend, right? What, what I had happened? an amazing weekend because it, it feels like the, like September. It feels like this is summer. This is a summer we never got. So uh, a buddy of mine, Dave, uh, lent me his excavator. And it was awesome. I learned how to use it. Like, uh, you know, I got the bucket and, the, you know, all the stuff. Yeah, because I'm, I'm flattening out my lawn and I'm right. moving my hot tub and all this stuff. So I got cocky with it. And I and I don't even know why you wanted me to tell, tell the people on the air because I feel really embarrassed about it. But, I, you know, I really was getting good at it. I was, like, yeah. picking up dirt and all this. Back up into the, into the window of my house and I smashed it into a million little pieces. So, uh, anyway, I you know, I say that because I want the world to know how authentic I am. I, I'll openly admit how much of a of an arse I, I can be sometimes and um, but you said another thing you said you were sure you're really digging this like you showed me pictures of the excavators you on it yeah and you're, I not, you're not you're not done man you're not done just because of one broken window you're oh, yeah. I know you're all over this oh yeah, yeah. well I, I just think a good story is worthy or it's worthy to be shared and before we called Hal I, I was wondering if uh, well, of course, Hal, our next guest is uh, he, he works in the automobile uh, uh, industry, and yes. I, I asked him if he dealt with uh, heavy equipment because I was uh, I wanted to actually tell the story. I'm begging to tell the world how uh, how really good and horrible I am at driving excavators. So let's let, let's pull our guest in. Yes, well, and, and, and I got I got a million stories about motor vehicles and being extremely inadequate, but um, but I want to introduce you to Hal Summers. Yeah, he Hal is uh, lives in Miramichi, New Brunswick. Uh, grew up in the region, grew up there. Um, it's ha- it's a part of New Brunswick, uh, New Brunswick, Canada, that's having a bit of a challenge, you know, economically. Hal is one of, uh, and I, I know he's listening, um, and I'm not saying this to be uh, to be cute or to be too nice here, he's but so he cute. really is. Um, he really is like a guy who who just knows how to make things happen. He started as a, I'll get hit, well, he'll tell us how he started in his industry, but he owns two car dealerships. Mm-hmm. He's also a guy who invests in a lot of local businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very involved in, in the local chamber. I mean, he's got, he does he does some amazing things, and he's got his sons that are taking over his, uh, his dealerships, and he's looking at acquiring more stuff. And anyways, he's an entrepreneur through and through, and uh, I think when a lot of people might turn around and run the other way, when they see, you know, the the, the big dark clouds of the economy and, and this thing, Hal kind of goes straight for it. That's my perspective. So, Hal, um, how did I do? Well, you've got me all uh, built up here, Dave, so <laughs> I don't know what to say anymore. I think you said it all. <laughs> you And you know the other thing about Hal Summers, Hal, you are, in my mind, the ultimate salesman, too. Okay, and I mean that. I mean that in a great way. So, and just a quick story, and then we'll get. So, I'm driving. <laughs> I'm driving what, a new car to me, right? Okay. I'm feeling pretty good about this car, right? Yeah. You know, and you I smash it through a window. No, no, not yet. But uh, you should. I should. Well, I'll see. Here's where we go, right? So, so, uh, so I show up. And it was my father-in-law's car. He kept it pristine and this and that and and i'm feeling fine you know we got you know this other anyways there's all this whole vehicle thing going on and i i show up and hal goes uh so uh 
yeah, Dave, you know, it just doesn't, it's not you, man. It's not your brand. And uh, he got me. So now I'm driving the car. He, he reminded me that it looks like a 68-year-old year old man would drive. And, and ironically. It looks, like your, it looks like your father-in-law's car, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and it is. So then I, I come home and I'm talking to my wife and I'm saying, you know, uh, you know, I'm, Hal's got me thinking about a BMW or, you know what I mean? Yeah, of course he does. Oh, of course he so, does. Like, you can just insert this in your head, right? Yeah, okay. Okay. So that's it. what I mean. That's what I mean. Like, fabulous. And, 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 and just so natural. But Hal, tell us a little bit about. I mean, you're you're in the car business, right? Um, a little bit about where you know, you know what you do now, but I, and then if you could weave into like how you started, I, like that's a, I think that's a really cool part of your story. Sure. Yeah. Well, what I what I do now, uh, basically, we have two car dealerships. We have a Ford store and a Mazda store, and I'm uh, lucky enough to have uh, both my sons in the car business with me. It uh, wasn't really the path that I wanted them to go down because I was hoping that they'd be doctors or lawyers or uh, coaches or something like that where they could make a lot more money. But that didn't work out, so uh, they're both working with me, and my uh, oldest son manages our Mazda store, and my youngest guy is here and uh, at the Ford store, and he's managing the used car department for us right now. So uh, it's exciting. To, it's exciting and challenging to kind of transfer out because it's hard to... Uh, when it's your baby, like, a, you know, we built the business from scratch. Yeah. And it's really hard to hand over the, the reins and let someone else make the decisions. But, you know, we've been meeting on a regular basis. We have a little business meeting every Wednesday, uh, religiously. And, this is you, this uh, is you so, and your sons. Yeah, with me and my sons. And yeah. we, we structure it like a regular business meeting. We take minutes and we have an agenda. And uh, basically just trying to transfer knowledge and transfer some responsibility to the boys. So... You know, so far so good. They're both uh, learning, and they've come a long way. I know you've been involved a little bit of the process with this, Dave, and uh, we've seen some pretty positive changes in the last year or so. Well, it's, and that's you know, and that is a hard thing to let go of business, and particularly when you, like you said, you built it from scratch. Tell, like, tell the the audience a little bit about and Greg about because this is a really cool story like how did this i mean did someone just hand you a bucket load of money and say why don't you buy a car dealership and you well, know uh, and do your best with it and you know maybe you should buy a second one and maybe you should you know be an angel investor in a number of of, of local firms like i'm sure that's how it happened right yeah it was something like that actually i was <laughs> uh, I, I started out a, a, a funny little story talk about uh education and that type of thing and uh we were at a meeting when i first got the ford store and I was 31 at the time. So at that time, I was the youngest Ford dealer in Canada. So we're at a meeting in Halifax, and there was a lot of other guys there that I hadn't really met before, and they were had the discussion about education and where they went to school, and there was some pretty big-name schools being thrown around. And uh, so it gets to me, and I'm hoping that it's not going to get to me, but it does. So somebody says, so uh, where did you go to school, Hal? And I said, well, I have... Uh, bricklaying degree and they said what <laughs> they said, I have a bricklaying degree I went to uh, I started out my career as a bricklayer and uh, went to trade school in Bathurst so uh, that was my uh, that was the extent of my education formal that's education awesome. that's awesome. but what but, but your education in the industry what you were you how did, I, uh, how did you get in how did you get in so I left the bricklaying and I went to work at the mines believe it or not I was working underground at the mine and a friend of mine uh, that I'd known for a long time was in the used car business, and he called me up and he said, why don't you come and work with me? And I said, well, you know, I'm getting married, have a pretty good job, money's pretty good. And he said, well, I think you could uh, 
I think you'd do well in this business. And I said, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll take my holidays and I'll come work with you. So I took two weeks holidays, went to work with him, and uh, then I went back and resigned at the mine. Hmm. And I stayed in the used car business with him. And what we did, we'd travel to Montreal by train on, uh, I think it was on a Tuesday night every week. And we would go to the auctions in Montreal, buy cars and drive them back, ship them back or whatever, clean them up, sell them, and <laughs> come back and repeat the process. So did that for about a year. Then I went into, uh, into uh, sales at a GM store for about seven, eight years probably. And uh, another friend of mine was opening up the Toyota store in uh, Miramichi. And so he offered me a job as general sales manager. And I didn't really have any experience in that, but I said, hey, sure, let's try it. So I went there for about two years. And at that point in time, the local Mercury store had run out of business. So back in the days when Ford had Ford dealers and Mercury dealers, so the local Mercury dealer went out of business. Uh, they were looking for somebody to take it over. And so they looked at our numbers for Toyota, and uh, we were a brand-new store, startup, and, uh, you know, hadn't been in the market for very long, about two years, and we were killing it with market share. So they came in, and they made us an offer and said, would you like to buy the Mercury store? I said, sure, I'd like to, but we just have one problem. I don't have any money. So, <laughs> <laughs> but so but you got anyway, lots, lots of brick, uh, brick in the past. I, I have <laughs> some bricklaying experience, yeah, so I know how to build a foundation. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, they uh, they gave us a shot, and uh, I ended up getting a silent partner, and that's a whole other long, drawn-out story. But uh, yeah, I got a guy who invested in me, and uh, so the rest is history. We ended up with the Mercury store, then we bought out the other Ford dealer who was in town and combined the two stores, and then we had an opportunity to buy the Mazda store about seven years ago. And so that's why you know referred to Dave about the uh, angel investing, and I really think it's important that uh, you give people a chance. And, that's what somebody did for me. So, you know, I'm trying to do the same thing for a few other people. So, well, that's, so far, uh, so good. But the bad news is I haven't gotten any of my money back yet <laughs> oh. from the angel, from the angel investing. But it still makes you feel good to do it. Well, you know what, and and that is. <clears throat> No, I'm, I'm sure every other region uh, in the world for, where, where our listeners are listening to us probably would say the same thing. But I, I, I would argue it. I would say that Atlanta, Canada, and even New Brunswick, even more so than Atlanta, Canada, has that in our DNA. You know, like uh, there has always been a um, uh, a culture and a tradition of paying back in a way or paying forward. Um, yeah. You know, because we. We live in an area with such hard-working people, and there's always been struggle. And I think that's, you know, talking about foundation, it's probably the foundation of all of our success is the, uh, is uh, you know, is that history of, of struggle and community, you know. And uh, I think it's wonderful that you that you pay that back. And you don't even know if you're going to get a return. But here's what you are doing is you're seeding some other people that, you know, maybe even 3% of, of those investments will turn into – uh, we keep on referencing Jerry Pond, but you know the next Jerry yeah. Pond. It's going to you know create a whole another pyramid of uh, you, well, know, so you know. I, there's, I, all, yeah. there's always a spinoff, Greg. And like I say, you know, when uh, you invest in somebody else's company, they're going to hire some more employees. And you know, even though I might not get my money back directly, I might get some of it back indirectly. It's going to go back into the economy. These people are going to pay taxes. They're going to have jobs. They're going to buy groceries. They're going to buy cars. They're going to do whatever, right? So it all helps the economy. And uh, I know that might sound a little bit corny, but uh, that's the way I feel about it. I really think it's important to give back and give somebody an opportunity. So- and it, the other thing is, it's absolutely not corny. And uh, it's it's interesting because in New Brunswick, we're just leading up to an election. And uh, 
Um, never before have I believed so fully that you know many of the solutions that we're looking for in our struggling, challenged region is local, local, local. Like it's uh, you know let's get back to buying cars from our from our local uh, dealership. Let's get back to investing our cash into into small startups. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Because if if we start you know living in a culture where that's the water cooler uh, water cooler chit chat is you know how's the small business down the street doing and what can we do to make it better right. and continue to support local really be careful with our expenditures across the border etc. Um, then you know th- there's a lot of solution in that. What, what's your thoughts on that, Hal? Well, I totally agree. I think the for way too long, uh, New Brunswick and maybe even all of Eastern Canada relied on our politicians to make things happen for us, right? And I had a, I had a really interesting discussion with one of our big-name uh, politicians uh, back about two years ago, and I had a chance to ask him a few questions. And I said, so tell me why uh, – I really believe when people go into politics, they, they go in it for the right reasons. They really feel they can make a change and they want to you know, do it better for their city or their province or their community or whatever – but I said, what's, what happens when they get elected? And he said, well, number one, they want to get reelected once they get elected. So they start making decisions based on how they get reelected again. And the number two thing is it's they're, they have a leader, right? And the leader says, oh, okay, you want this for a community? Oh, that's great. We, we'll, have a, we'll consider doing that. These are the things that I need to get done right now. So it's really, I really believe it's more difficult for a politician to get things done now than it is for an entrepreneur or for the business community. Mm-hmm. And I think that the business yeah. community can get more involved and have more say than I think that we can actually move the province and move our region forward a lot easier. Uh, he thinks, uh, and this guy was a, a pretty big leader in the uh, in the uh, political world. So he had, he's a strong leader, so he had the opportunity to lead. And he thinks that you can get a lot more done as a politician. And I think a politician like him absolutely can get a lot more done. But I think the regular run-of-the-mill guy who's, you know, uh, MLA or an MP or whatever, they really have a difficult time to move things forward. And uh, I think we expect a lot from them. I'm not so sure that they can deliver everything we expect. Mm. Yeah. Well, just it's tough. And, and, and that's, a, that's, a good, that's a good call to action, eh, for mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, business leaders to get more involved, right? You know, Hal, you know, so – um, and maybe just very quickly, maybe for people, just describe Miramichi. Like, what's like, what's it like as a community? I mean, there's this beautiful, massive river called the Mighty Miramichi that flows world, right world through. World class. I mean, it's just it is world class. Yeah. What's it yeah. like? Like, what 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 what's if someone was to drive across the bridge uh, to the what is it, the King George Highway or whatever? There, what what's yeah. the experience like for people? Well, I mean, if you uh, if you come to Miramichi, it's it's a beautiful part of the world. There's no question about it. You drive in, and you'll see the river runs right through the two, well, the former communities, uh, Chatham and Newcastle. It's gorgeous. And uh, people who have never been here before, when they first arrive, they're shocked at how beautiful it is. And there's all kinds of other things that if you came to visit, I could take you and show you. Like, there's lots of, you know, mountains and trees and woods and water and lots of different you know rivers and whatever to look at but the biggest asset that we have here i believe is our people and uh you know we have a hard-working bunch of people and they really dig in and they really believe in community they're uh but you know we've we've had some challenges over the last several years back about i guess seven or eight years ago we had i think it was a total of 14 wood producing plants 
in the Miramichi region. And right now, I think we have two. So, and would that, so, have, been a, would that have been a big employer? That would have been our major employer. Wow. Uh, the the mills and the and the plants were major employers, but also the people that worked in the woods. You know, there yeah. were a lot of guys cutting and hauling trees and whatever. And so it was a big part of our industry. And so about, I guess, six or seven years ago, they pretty well all shut down. The economy was really tough. That industry was really tough. And, of course, you know, they were all owned by major, major corporations, and they have shareholders, and the whole deal was to keep your shareholders happy and return a profit, and that wasn't happening. So as a result, we lost them all. And so it's been a bit of a process to try to rebuild the community. And I was president of the chamber for a couple of years, and, man, I'll tell you, we worked hard to try to get some uh, wood-producing plants up and running. We tried to bring some other industry in here, and it's been a challenge. But the good news is there are some things happening right now. We've got some manufacturing going on, which is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of it is being shipped out west and whatever, but that's great. You know, The fact that we can keep some of our guys here working is fantastic. And then we just got a federal payroll center, and that's when you talk about our politicians. And we do have a, one of our politicians, a uh, Tilly Gordon, she's very strong. She has a great, uh, she has a great uh, relationship with our prime minister, and so we got a new federal payroll center uh, that's going to be built in Miramichi. And I think there's right now we have about 350 to 400 employees, and it's going to go to about 550, 600. Nice. So uh, we're excited about that. So there they are need, some things happening right now. They so all need good. cars. They all need and cars. They all need cars. Here's yeah, the other exactly. thing. Here's the thing you missed about Miramichi. So when you if you go in and you happen to be with Hal, people stop you everywhere. I mean, like he's every, the mayor, the the, he, the unofficial he, mayor he, of Miramichi. Yeah, or I don't know, <laughs> the king, the king of Miramichi, because oh, king, king of Kensington, Miramichi. And, and I'm not joking; it is incredible. <laughs> it's kind of and actually, Hal, the only person who's very similar is like Greg Hemmings and St. John. And I'm, it's funny <laughs> I'm talking to you both right now, because because Greg and I would try to have like a oh, meeting, geez. like a co- coaching meeting, a coaching, you know, like session, yeah. and and he would say, and he of course he you know being the non traditional guy wants to do it some restaurant or whatever or patio, and I'm like, all right, Greg, sure. But the thing is, we get stopped all the time, right? And that's like, so Hal and I will we'll, we'll meet, I'll meet and do some stuff, and then we'll go for a, for a beer. And it's amazing to me. But what it tells me about both you guys, and, and but how, I, I mean, I want to kind of connect to, to you and your business, but how, you know, it's so important to have a relationship with your customer, right? I mean, like, yes. tell me about, like, you know, you're not just trying to sell one car. You're, you're, trying, to, you're trying to create a relationship, as I see it, and, and all your sales your sales folks and stuff and stuff you're trying to drive down to your kids is, is you want them to be coming back for years. They want their kids to be coming back and that sort of thing to your, to your store. Yeah. How do you, how Absolutely. do you, how do you create that? Like what's the, what's the secret sauce? Well, our, uh, our motto has always been since we opened the store and it's been 20, about 23 years now that we've had the Ford store. It's uh, where customers become friends. And, uh, I tried to change that back a few years ago because I thought it was getting stale and, <laughs> And so we were experimenting with some new models because if you anything you read, they'll say the shelf life on that stuff is, you know, maybe five to ten years at the most. And we started doing some new ads in the paper and radio and trying to change it. And I had literally got phone calls and people stopping me in the street and said, what the heck are you doing? Why are you changing your motto? You really like that slogan. Why are you changing it? So we changed it back. Yeah. But uh, I think it all starts with two Dave in the store. I think, you know, my staff know what I want and know how I want people to be treated. And I treat them the same way. Uh, I treat my staff the same way. And so, uh, you know, it's not okay to, to curse and swear at people. And it's not, I don't allow my customers to do that. I'll tell you a funny story about that. But uh, there, it just doesn't happen. Like you just, 
I don't treat people like that, and I don't expect anyone to treat me like that. So, you know, when I'm walking to the showroom, if there's customers there, I'll stop and chat with them. I'll have a coffee with them. I'll offer to get them a coffee. Uh, you know, and I expect my staff to do the same thing. And you know what? It actually works. Mm-hmm. And I hear it all the time from strangers that come into our store. They'll say, we stopped at this store. We stopped at that store. We were looking at another car here. We really liked the car, but... You know, we didn't feel right about it or whatever. We came here, and it's a different atmosphere when you walk in the building. And it's quite a compliment if you can walk into somebody's building and feel mm-hmm. the difference. It's pretty cool. So, well, uh, that, I think it's really neat they say that because uh, <clears throat> a little while ago, of course, we were uh, speaking with uh, Robert Simmons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Paul, Paul Simmons. Paul, uh, of Eddie I, Storage. I, it's tough. It's tough. Well, we can say Robert Simmons, Simmons of the Paul Simmons uh, clothing store. Many apologies. All the way around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, there you go. And walking into his place is an experience, right? And it's that relationship-based. Yeah. And, hey, the, the glass of uh, scotch isn't going to harm either. And, exactly, uh, yeah. Um, anyway, the, the thing that comes to my mind is we just went through the process of buying a car, uh, my yeah. wife and I. And uh, I got to tell you, it was, not a pleasant, it was not a pleasant experience. Every touch point of the process felt like we were being sold slightly unfairly on, on different things. Really? And what you're saying is when people said, hey, don't change that tagline because that really is what makes uh, your your team work and your team sell is you become friends. And why you become friends is because there's trust, right? Exactly. So that person yeah. that went to the other place, fantastic car, maybe even a better price than yours. Who knows? They walk into your place and they feel at home. And exactly. I, I, before we started this conversation, I asked Dave if, if uh, you're the type of person that would uh, wouldn't mind the question. But like, uh, so the question I have is: real estate agents and car salespeople have a bad rep. Yes. And why that is, I'm not too sure. But what is it that you can do, or what what is it that you do, sorry, uh, and your team to uh, to challenge that negative uh, stereotype because it's not true. There's amazing uh, integrity in your industry all over the place. However, that's a big yeah. challenge that you have to go against. It sounds like you guys yeah. are winning. Well, I don't know. We we try, and it is a big challenge. And uh, I think the biggest thing for me is to be transparent. And I really think it for me it starts with my staff. Like you know, I don't hide anything from them. If they want to know what our profit is on something, I share numbers that. When I tell my dealer friends what I share with my people, they're just like, can't believe that I do it. And I think it helps because it it, it transfers to our customers as well. They don't try to hide anything. They want to tell them, you know, this is how it is up front. And you know what? I, I won't sit here and say that we never get into a situation where people feel that they were unfairly treated or whatever. But I think that's reality of life, right? You're always going to have some of that. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the end of the day, we really try to be transparent and uh I wanted to tell you a little story about uh, our customers and our staff. One back years and years and years ago, I had a customer that was in our in our uh, service department, and I was sitting in my office, which was quite a ways away from the service department. And I get here, I'm cursing and swearing at one of my staff, and and I had never met this man before in my life. I'd never seen him, and I went out and I tapped him on the shoulder, and I said, "Can I see you in my office for a minute?" And he said, "Sure." So I said, "Come with me." So he comes with me, and I introduce myself to him, and I said. I want to tell you something. If you wanted to come in and treat my cust- my uh, staff with respect, you're more than welcome to come to my business. But the way that you've been treating them today, I don't ever want to see you back here again. I don't want you back in my store. I don't want your business. I want you to go somewhere else. And he looked at me like a deer caught in the headlights, right? He didn't know what to say. And he left. 
And uh, that gave me more uh, merit with my staff than you could ever even imagine. And sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes you have to stand up for your customers the same way. Sometimes you have to call your staff in and say, hey, you didn't treat that guy right. You need to call him up and apologize. We're going to give him something for free. So I think, it, I think it's all about being fair, but it's also about having good relationships with your people, right? Absolutely. And uh, we That's like great. to think that we we like to think that we walk the line pretty good on that. So. Well, and you are. You clearly are very transparent. When I drove up in my new purchase, <laughs> my father-in-law car, and he said, that color. Well, you well, you, you, you got to tell me. Was it beige? You got to no, tell me. No, It was. Well, what color is it? It's, well, a, no. it's, a, lovely, it's a lovely shade of green, Greg. Oh, <laughs> good Lord. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's beautiful pea soup green. It doesn't, it, doesn't, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't fit your brand, Dave. And that's got me right there. Yeah. I'm like, well, what do you, what do you mean, Hal? Um you you know the other the other I mean you got a whole bunch of really cool stories Hal I've heard over the years, uh, one one that I like that that this thing went viral right is um is how you used your community when some when someone really pissed you off and and uh, <laughs> broke a win what was it broke a window or stole something from uh, off yeah. your lot with an excavator with an excavator <laughs> no now you know where to our, find it it, our, it was our plow it was a close it was our plow truck. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So we had a, we had a, it's, it's mint, had a, mint green, mint green. <laughs> exactly. So we had somebody who uh, decided to break a back window out of our plow truck, uh, just actually this uh, spring, and stole the controller out of it, the remote control for the uh, for the plow. And it's you know it's not an expensive item. I think the replacement was five or six hundred bucks or something like that. So it's not the end of the world. But this guy decided you know he's going to do damage to my truck and steal the controller. And you know what we have. We have theft and all that stuff all the time. We lose all kinds of stuff. But this day, for some reason, I was in the wrong mood, I guess, and I decided that, okay, we're going to take some pictures and put it on Facebook. And I offered a $2,500 reward uh, to find this guy. And uh, it took about two days. And it got shared more than 10,000 times. Oh, love it. And uh, But it took two days, and one of his friends... Uh, called me up and wanted to remain anonymous, which he did. Love and it. I met him, and I gave him the $2,500, and he gave me the name. And this guy was a guy that the police had been looking for for quite a while. He had been connected to a series of break-ins and thefts and whatever. And they got him, and he's spending some time in jail. And he's supposed to pay me restitution, which I don't care if I ever get, because it was the best $2,500 worth of advertising I ever got. Oh, my god! I'm thinking seriously about maybe breaking a car up once a week and putting it on Well, listen, Facebook. I'll just invite me up. I'll do a little yard work with the excavator. There's It'll a great fun. idea, Greg. We could team up. Yeah. Uh, and what Greg will probably do, and I'm, I'm sorry to my father-in-law who's probably listening to this, um, how I'll probably get you to, to put my uh, my car in the lot while you're cleaning up. <laughs> awesome. oh, I love it. We could do a whole promo around that one. <laughs> That's awesome. So, Hal, we're, we're, we're going to uh, clo- closely uh, come to an end here. What we'd like to do is get your um, almost tips and tricks. Now, you here's the thing. You're part of this community that Dave and I are with the Wallace McCain Institute. And I got to tell you, there's probably not a podcast episode that doesn't go by where we don't reference it. Or Jerry Pond. He's, he's another guy that yeah. keeps on popping up. Yeah. Um, yes. <clears throat> what are some of the things that you would, uh, you know, so, some, some advice you, you'd suggest to other entrepreneurs coming up the uh, up the ranks and uh, in retail and service or anything, you know, to, to work in a province like this full of hardworking, honest people. Uh, we all, you know, have uh, similar challenges. Our economy is uh, struggling constantly. 
but there's yeah. but there's a lot of success coming out of here, and there's people in our group, like like we mentioned, that are really plowing through. So what what's some advice that you have? Well, I tell you, one of the things that I see about being connected with the Wallace McCain Group is, uh, first of all, I wish I had been connected with it 20 years ago. I think I would have been a lot richer and <laughs> a lot smarter for sure. Uh, what I find about the business community in New Brunswick, and especially through the McCain Institute, is that how generous the entrepreneurs are here. And I don't mean only with their money, also with their time and their advice. And I don't. I think that's fairly unique. I don't think you get that in every community. I think a lot of times, you know, people get tied up in the competition and they don't want to see the other guy do that well, and so they're, uh, you know, they're kind of reluctant to share. I don't find that here in New Brunswick, and especially with you know with the McCain community. Man, oh man, I'll tell you, I've been blown away many times by some of the by the generosity of some of these guys who are leaders in New Brunswick and have you know all kinds of stuff on the go and busy, busy, busy. But they'll sit down and spend an hour or two or four, if you want, with them. And you know, there's never any you know there's never any bill that comes with that. They just want to able to pour into you and it's it's pretty amazing so i think this is a cool place to live it's a cool place to work and you know it's snowing in alberta today and it's nice and sunny here so uh, you know they might have more money than us but the weather's definitely better here so you know i think it's a cool place to be and yeah it's there's always a challenge but uh you know we're a tough crowd we seem to be able to get through it which is pretty good so great to have the support of all the other uh all the other leaders in the in the province it's pretty great yeah well that's a great great uh, great summary and so for people that want to learn more about handsome hell summers how do they do that <laughs> uh, well, you could google you could google me i guess <laughs> or you can check out my website yeah. Handsome Hell. Handsome Hell. Yeah. Handsome, handsome Hell is automatic. Yeah, Come on down. Actually, I'm going to have to set that the, that new website up, but uh, <laughs> for now, I'm at townford, townfordnb.com. Town with an E. Yeah. Town with an E, yeah. Townfordnb.com. So they can yep. learn more about you, you know what what's going on in your store and, and uh, where you treat customers like friends. So, Hal, thank you, brother. It's great talking to you. Uh, as always, there's many more stories to share for we'll, we'll hold on to for future episodes. <laughs> well, how about we interview some of, uh, some of his sons next time? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we'll get Justin. Yeah, that'd be good. Josh, Actually, huh? both, both my boys are involved in the McCain program as well through yeah. the Echo program. Ah, so, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> this is yeah. great. Well, listen, Hal, yeah. thanks a lot and uh, looking forward to seeing in person sometime soon. Yeah, and we're, yeah, we're going sure. to get you to hang up and then we're going to talk about you. Okay, thanks guys. Have a good day. <laughs> All right, see you see you thanks, man. Okay, bye-bye. Take care. So what do you think? Yeah, you've never met Hal, eh? Oh, yeah, I've, I've totally met, uh, met Hal. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, but it's a, uh, you know, uh, for, for the listening audience, it's probably annoying to hear us talk about Walsh McCain Institute so much, but in Atlanta, Canada, mostly in New Brunswick, we've got this, what would you call it? It's a... Uh, it's a, it's a community of entrepreneurs who go through a 12-month intensive um, set of sessions uh, over a period of a year, and it's one of the most uh, incredible experiences to be surrounded by this group of advisors, which are our, our, our fellow uh, entrepreneurs. And um, it started about seven years ago or six years ago, yeah. and many of us entrepreneurs in this province have, have gone through it. Many, many of the, the folks are- And are still are, connected to it. Yeah, and yeah. still connected, and we still so, meet on a regular yeah, basis. It's so. like a 90-person strong uh, group now. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. It's a real-, it's a real But we'll, you know what we should do is get 
the uh, executive director, Nancy Mathis, on this, and she can tell about it, and then we don't have to reference it anymore. And we won't reference it anymore. So, Nancy, well, nice try. we've been trying to get you on forever. So, you know, th- this is your last chance. <laughs> we love you. Um, so, anyway, through, through Wallace McKenzie, I, I've, I've met with Hal, but I'm, I'm really interested to uh, connect with him again in person. And, I, you know, now I, I know him a little bit more, and that's yeah. the whole point of these podcasts, exactly. get to know these people, exactly. you know? So, biggest takeaway on, from that? Uh, I just love the part about... Uh, just being uh, creating relationship with your customers, and I am so true, uh, so real about this. Our last two or three buying experiences, maybe four buying experiences, have not been awesome. You mm-hmm. know, and uh, you know, you're, you're paying these people a lot of money, and you're okay to pay uh, for a car, but it, it really costs very little to show a little bit of you know respect and authenticity back. And mm-hmm. it sounds like Hal and his team, uh, it's part of their DNA. You know, and that's why. You know, car companies like that don't have, or not car companies, but you know, uh, dealerships. Dealerships don't have that poor reputation. You know, yeah. and I, I, th- I think it's, uh, it's, uh, it's great. And I love his marketing too. The whole, uh, you know, t- turning that uh, bit of vandalism into amazing marketing opportunity. Oh yeah, Fantastic. oh yeah, and out of a, out of pure frustration. But um, you know, he he remind, and this is so when you know someone, <laughs> uh, I know him, I know him quite well. Um, his whole thing around transparency and being transparent is so true. And and with the staff, too. Yeah. Because that's the way I am as well. It's like we, we will share yeah. uh, profit, revenues, and, and debt and challenges with our staff. And they appreciate that. Yeah. And there's a code of confidentiality that everybody respects. But it really helps the glue of, of, of your team if that transparency is there. And that's yeah. what Hal's got. He does. And it's and it's for real. It was good. And so I just... Uh, and he's got he he can spin a lot of good tales and he's a good fellow so I'm I'm just hoping uh, people if they're I, actually another thing I think is cool is um he, the part of the region and what they've gone through like can mm-hmm. you imagine your major economic driver gone fourteen um, mills or, or I think is what he said down to two and all the spinoff how that impacts everyone and that's in the last seven years yeah. right you know <clears throat> so to think of taking a leadership role at that time and saying like and he's you know he's in it right you know he's got he owns you know land he's got these you know he's got a vested interest in this and and a lot of people you know, pulled up and took off and he's stuck it out and he's seeing the, it, it start to turn around and you can, you can tell it's turning too, actually, yeah. if you, when you go up, you can But it's see. turning because of people like that. Exactly. And uh, it, it's interesting because, um, you know, yes, we referenced New Brunswick a lot, but this podcast, the guests we bring on here are talking about issues that can relate in, in Nebraska, in Southern yeah, California, totally, wherever, whatever totally. community you're in. Um, you think about the challenges that you have and who are the people that are, are sticking it out. And those are the people who, who fight the challenges, who typically are the ones that, that rise above. And they find great opportunity in, in a new growth market because they decided to buckle down and bootstrap the economy back together. Right. And that's what's going on in Miramichi and to a larger extent here in New Brunswick and Atlanta, Canada, and you know everywhere else. So Hal's uh, words of wisdom, I'm sure, will be relevant to a lot of people listening. Totally, totally. Okay, so why don't you, uh, why don't you give, let people know more about us and how to get on this? <clears> well, one thing, we, what we have to do is we have to thank Matt. Our trusted uh, producer, he uh, he's done so much for this podcast. Uh, yeah. If you go and check out our show notes and the blog at bowlingpointpodcast.com, um, that's no easy feat to, to listen to our whole episode yes. and turn it into a blog post. And yeah. what a what a great service. And uh, Matt owns a really amazing restaurant called Edible Matters uh, outside Halifax on Hammond Plains Road. And 
you know, if you're in Halifax, go check it out. Um, Matt is doing this right now for as, as a volunteer, uh, helping us uh, build this podcast as a producer. <clears throat> you know, uh, as I mentioned a couple of episodes ago, uh, we're now on the campaign trail of sorts to find some sponsors for this podcast. Uh, so if anybody's listening who wants to get involved uh, with uh, Boiling Point, uh, we'd love to have you. We're going to do this uh, forever, uh, whether we have funding or not, because we love doing this and love love chatting. And we're getting good feedback. And we that's are. the cool thing. Yeah, and yeah. The, the challenge we're having is finding the time to just go out and, and find these sponsors. But I bet you you and I could find a sponsor in two and a half hours if we just gave ourselves that time to I do agree. it. I agree. So we, we, should, we should talk. We should, there should be a challenge we put to ourselves in one of these that, you know, by the next, uh, you know, we'll have this many sponsors. Or we got to do something like that. I love it. I love it. So um, well, let's, 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 let's use the next interview just to think about that. Okay, on that note, I'm going to let uh, Matt's uh, post roll, let everybody know how to get in touch with us. Yeah, so yeah. thank you, everybody. Uh, it's been awesome. And it's, it's getting hot in here. Yes. Yeah. It's a cliche. It's uh, the boiling point has, uh, has, has passed the boiling point, and I got to take my shirt off. So uh, see you next week. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback.